This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, the post-draft edition. Yes, a release on a Monday morning for you on your way into work. We appreciate you guys being with us. If you don't already subscribe to the podcast, please do it wherever you get it. Just look us up. We are an Odyssey original podcast covering the Las Vegas Raiders. You can also hear us on The Bet in Las Vegas and on our YouTube channel where you can subscribe and hit the notifications bell to watch the show. Yes. Mo Moten, he is national NFL writer at Bleacher Report. I'm Scott Colbranson, your host. We are here and we are going to get nitty gritty. Okay, Mo, we look at this and I'm going to flash the list up here uh, for the Raiders. If you look at the entire draft class, of course, Tyree Wilson, Michael Mayer, Byron Young, the first three rounds. Trey Tucker, hmm, still on that one. I'm still trying to warm to that one. Ja'Cory and Bennett, we talked about last last uh, segment. The quarterback, yes, everybody wanted a young quarterback. Mo, they got one. Aiden O'Connell out of Purdue. Okay, we'll get to that. Chris Smith, the second uh, from Georgia, the safety. Amari Bernie, the linebacker, took him to the sixth round to get a linebacker in Las Vegas. And Nesta Jade Silvera, of course, forks up. Uh, Arizona State defensive tackle there as well. So, Mo, we look at this list, and, of course, we have to start with the number one pick, and that, of course, is Tyree Wilson. No questioning this guy's ability and what he's able to do. His wingspan, you know, he playing on the other side eventually and, and being the guy on the other side of Max Crosby is a dream situation from the end. I think people were disappointed. You talked about Jalen Carter everybody wanted to draft in the middle for the Raiders. We talked about the need there, no question about it. But when you have the opportunity to get an edge player like Tyree Wilson, foot injury or not, that's a hard thing to pass up in the draft. Here's the thing. I'll start here because I know <laughs> the Jalen Carter thing is going to come up. And I said this during the Bleach Report Live and because I experienced it. A lot of Raider fans weren't happy with this pick primarily because they wanted Jalen Carter, not because – they thought Tyree Wilson was a horrible pick is because they preferred someone else. And I will say, if you listen to what Dave Ziegler said at the end of the draft, he said, we grade players with two separate grades, two separate aspects, the on the field production and the character. And I, I want to say off the field stuff. So there are two separate grades. So based on what Ziegler said, two separate grades, what you do on the field, Jalen Carter is an A there. Now the off the field stuff is what makes me believe why they passed on him mm -hmm. and they you don't have those same questions with tyree wilson now you have the injury question but he tyree wilson did say that he'll be ready for training camp so until i hear otherwise we take his word for it right and if the raiders did their due diligence on jalen carter's off the field matters i'm sure they did their due diligence on tyree wilson's foot now i will say other i heard that other gms were concerned about tyree wilson's foot injury and how it was healing because he had a screw put in there and they feared that he may have to have another surgery i'm going to repeat that raider fans so if you're squinting i i'm just saying i oh heard boy. that gms were worried about tyree wilson's foot because they are fearing that he may have to have another surgery in the near future i'm not reporting this this is just what's out there and why he may have been available to the Raiders. because i a lot of mock drafts had tyree wilson going earlier than seven and there was talk that he can go two or three over yeah. willie anderson 
Yeah. So I think part of the reason there is because of the injury scare and not knowing the, the unknown. You want to take you want to take a gamble with a top five pick, a guy coming off of a, a foot injury. Well, and, and I actually thought he might go to Seattle. I really did because Seattle I, has I no pass so. rush. They have no pass rush. So. And instead they go cornerback. Uh, and I know that's what we mm-hmm. talked about, the Raiders going cornerback because of the need there. But in reality, I think you know one of the discussions I heard during the draft was, well, you know, yes, the Raiders need cornerbacks. But I'll tell you what, if you have a really good pass rush, that's going to help out a cornerback, even if it's a veteran who's a fill-in gap until you figure it out there. So so there, I think a lot of Raider fans lost sight of that because Christian Gonzalez was still there. Some of these guys we talked a lot about in, in the entire world in the NFL talked about is these top end cornerbacks were still there, but the Raiders instead go to the edge, the big risk with the injury. That is the only thing that is the negative in my mind, but the Raiders, again, they made the choice. They had their doctors look at it. Whoever they consult on those situations, like you said, some teams had the opposite, whoever the Raiders are talking to, whoever they trust has told, have told them that the risk was worth it. So you have to trust that and see where it goes. But again, I think improving that edge with what you have in the middle, they drafted two guys in the middle last year that they like. Yes, they didn't perform as much as they needed to last year, but they clearly like who they have. And so they're going to build around them. By the way, if you can have both edges on fire, you can also help the middle of your defense too, right? Right. But the other thing I want to point out is the other reason I can't give this pick an A and I gave this pick a B plus, not mm-hmm. just because of the foot injury, but Tyree Wilson is not a fast starter off the line of scrimmage. He doesn't have a quick first step. You hear a lot right. about these edge rushers having a quick first step off the line of scrimmage. He doesn't have that. But I will say he's learning from one of the guys who had one of the qu- quickest first steps in his prime in Chandler Jones. That's what Chandler Jones is known for, having a quick step and timing his, his jump off the line of scrimmage after right. the snap. So if he's going to learn to improve in that area, Chandler Jones is the perfect guy to do it with. And the Raiders, of course, we heard the news right uh, before the draft. They've restructured Chandler Jones' contract. We talked about that here on the show last week. And um, I think Chandler Jones understands where he's at in his career. Will he have a better year this year? You hope so. But I think him being there to tutor Tyree Wilson, to be there to teach him how to get that first step a little faster uh, is a big deal. Can I address one thing, too? The whole calling him Cleveland Farrell 2.0. Can we stop that? Just <laughs> look stupid. at the film. Yeah. Tyree Wilson is, I think is a more athletic defender than Cleveland Farrell and he's more versatile. Cleveland Farrell had to kind of move inside because he wasn't getting enough pass rush on the outside. So they said maybe he can take advantage of slower offensive linemen on the inside. Tyree Wilson comes into the league being able to move inside. You know, that's his call. That's one of his calling cards is that he's able to play in multiple spots along the defensive line. So he can take right. advantage of some of the offensive linemen based on what he can do with his pass rush. Now, he needs to develop a secondary counter to his pass rushing skills, but most of these edge rushes do coming out of college because they're not finished products. Right. But I think Tyree, Tyree Wilson's upside is way higher than Cleveland Farrell. And by the way, Tyree Wilson consistently, as I said, mocked in the top five. Cleveland Farrell was a back-end first-round pick, so the comparisons don't meet. No, it's it's if, if you're comparing that pick, those two picks, then you clearly did not read a thing about either one of these players or understand or watch, who they were or, or watch, watch them. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, let's just, you know, th- that's, there's going to be negative people. It doesn't matter. Again, you could, you could pick the second coming of the, of Bo Jackson and they'd still decry the pick. So, so whatever it goes, you know, you just have to deal with that. Now, Mo, we move into the second round, Michael Mayer, right? So, so my, my Notre Dame allegiances aside, this kid, 
I mean, the Raiders are there, and I think you like this because, listen, the best player available stuff, right? We talked about that a lot during our, our pre-draft coverage. But Michael Mayer slips down the draft. He goes third out of the tight ends when he was projected in most people's book to be the number one overall tight end. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and you're sitting there. You just traded Darren Waller. You really need – you don't have a future. You have a bunch of tight ends on one-year deals. You don't have mm -hmm. your future at the position – you suddenly, you get to your pick in the second round, and he's still there. They had to be salivating over this pick, especially, you talk about the, perf the perfect system fit with Josh McDaniel's system and Jimmy Garoppolo, a quarterback, if he stays healthy. Um, this is the guy. The fact that they were able, this is an A++ pick. If, if Tyree Wilson was a B-plus because of everything else we talked about, Michael Mayer was a drop-dead great pick. I saw Raider Nation absolutely love this one, and they should. Yeah, this is the best pick in the draft for the Raiders. They traded up for it, addressed a sneaky need. Now, people didn't have tight end at the top of the needs priority <laughs> list, but as you said, you have a bunch of guys who aren't the long-term answer. They signed Austin Hooper, but he's making he's going to be making less than $3 million. So they he, he wasn't the long-term answer there. So the Raiders definitely addressed the need. Not their biggest need on defense, but a need nonetheless with, with a player who, as you said, a lot of people has the first tight end off the board. Now he's behind Dylan Kincaid, behind Sam Laporta. When I did a Bleacher Report mock draft for the Raiders and I picked a tight end in the third round, people lost their you-know-what. <laughs> and to have Michael Mayer there in the second round, the Raiders could not resist. We know how important the tight end is to Josh McDaniel's offensive system. So it makes sense that they went up and got him. And I think they're going to get a player who can give you, you know, seven to 800 receiving yards right out of the box. Now, it's hard for tight ends to transition the NFL, but eventually Michael Mayer could be that guy to be that secondary weapon behind Devontae Adams in the passing game. Absolutely. And and not only that, but you you look at what they're able to do with him. And the fact, if you didn't watch him play in college, as I did every game, um, you, mm -hmm. you'll see his hands. I mean, the guy is unbelievable. He's not he's not the same kind of player as 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 Darren Waller, different type of player. But he is a guy if you watch, if you go back and I know it pains Raider fans to hear this. If you watch some of the New England offense under Josh McDaniels and how it ran with Gronkowski, you can't pay, compare those two guys. One guy's a Hall of Famer. This is a college kid just coming into the NFL. But nonetheless, that's the kind of player that you that you put into that system who does really well once he's developed and 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 at a level where he can play fully. He's good to go there. And I love the pick. And I think that you're right. Raider fans didn't want to hear about a tight end in this draft. And I don't think they would have taken one in the second round had he not been available. Right. And the other thing I want to bring up is Jimmy Garoppolo loves to throw to the middle of the field. Yes. Every year that Jimmy Garoppolo played most of his games with the San Francisco 49ers, George Kittle had an all-pro or a Pro Bowl year. So getting a, a Michael Mayer in that offense, immediately it helps Jimmy Garoppolo. He's going to have his numbers up. It, it, if he could stay healthy, he's going to be productive with that tight end. And just to have that long-term rapport, I think Jimmy Garoppolo, for as long as he's the starter of the Raiders, he's going to have a a strong connection with Michael Mayer. And the other thing I want to bring up about Michael Mayer is that he's not the most refined blocker, but he plays no. with a physical nature. And I think being physical is the, is the beginning of it, but he has the willingness to block. And I think he'll be a fine blocker with time because again, these are not finished products with coaching. I think he'll be a complete tight end. He's probably the most complete tight end of the group coming in. I and mean, this is a deep tight end class, but Michael Mayer was definitely the top of the list for me. Yeah, if he can learn how to block and and learn pretty quickly, like his first season, 
He has he has a runway you wouldn't believe. So we'll see how that goes. Then we get to the third round, Mo, and uh, the Raiders go defense. They go interior this time, and they go with Byron Young out of Alabama. I think it was a surprise. Again, most of the mocks, most of the experts had him going at the highest, at the low, at the very end of the third round, but more in the fourth round. The Raiders did technically, in my view, here reach. Um, but is that reach worth it? They believe so. I don't think it's an egregious reach, but they saw something from this kid that they felt like at that point in the third round that they needed to select him. Um, I scratched my head. They're both third round picks, actually. We'll get to Trey Tucker in a second. But but when you look at this pick from Alabama, he is going to be a rotational player. I think I think this is a kind of guy who can maybe in year two start to pick up some more if he develops. But it's going to be a tough road to hoe for him. I think he's going to have to learn a lot. He's going to have to develop significantly uh, for him to break into that center of the Raiders' defense and really have impact. Here's my thing about the Byron Young pick. I feel like if the Raiders wanted Byron Young, they could have got him in the at the early of the fourth round. Because yes. typically defensive tackles who don't show much of a pass rush for most of their collegiate careers mm-hmm. are usually middle-round picks. Now, if he had the the pass rushing production of a Kalaja Kansi, you know, I think then you can justify him being that early. Now he did have 28 pressures in his last year at Alabama because he played behind some guys at Alabama, didn't get a lot of playing time. So maybe it's just a product of him not being on the field, but he had 28 pressures this past season. He had 28 in his first two, three years, I believe. So he matched that pass rushing production. So there is some upside there. Maybe he develops as a pass rusher, but from his collegiate resume, you look at that play and you say, that's a fourth round player because of the because of the lack of the pass rush in his earlier years. Now we'll see what he'll be, but as I said, the earlier part of the show, he's going to be competing with a lot of guys for snaps. Bilal Nichols, Jerry yeah. Tillery, they brought in Nesta J. Severa, Matthew Butler, Neil Farrell Jr. from the last year's draft class. So he's going to be competing with a lot of guys. To take a player that's probably going to play 30% of the snaps in the third round at 70 when you have a big need at linebacker and cornerback. That was the problem for me. I don't have right. a problem with the prospects. I think he'll immediately contribute to rundowns, but I think there were better options for the Raiders on the board at 70. Yeah, I I don't understand it because you're right. The, the slew of linebackers still available at that point. Dan Henley me, was still on the board. He was still there. Trenton Simpson. Exactly. Both of them still mm-hmm. there, and I'm thinking, why? I understand it's a point of need, but – but you and you can't build it as you said earlier, and then the Raiders said you can't build the defense in one draft, but you could spread out the the development. You could get okay. You got your edge guy. You can get now a linebacker because you have none. The linebacker. I mean, you tweeted it out. What did you say? That it's like it's like a horror show, or it's 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 freakishly scary how bad they it's are. Disgusting. It's, it's disgusting. <laughs> That's what you said uh, at linebacker. So to me, but for whatever reason, they went with By- Byron Young. They like something about him. And you're right. He did not rush the passer in college. So we'll see what they do there. But yeah, that was a head scratcher. But then, go ahead. You have something else to say about Wait, One quick Young? thing about Byron Young that yeah. may have pushed him up the board. And it, this comes from what I heard from Dave, uh, Dave Ziegler. And I talked about it with Jalen Carter. They they value character. Not to say that it's, it's top of the list, but character uh, goes into their evaluation process. And Nick Saban praised Byron Young as a leader. So I think, if mm. anything, that probably bumped Byron Young up the board. Could be. Uh, and then we look at uh, the other third-round pick, and we're not going to talk about Jacorian Bennett, uh, but we're going to close out this because we talked a lot about him already uh, and a pick Mo and I both really like. 
But the other third-round pick, a guy I saw a lot of actually in Cincinnati uh, playing for the University of Cincinnati was Trey Tucker. And I know that the reaction from Raider Nation with this pick was like, a wide receiver? Now, again, this is a small guy, a lot of speed. You were texting, you and Evan Grote from Just Pod Baby were texting me about some of the reaction out there. Raider Nation, you, you got you to gotta chill a little bit. This is not the second coming of Ty, Tyreek Hill. It's just not. Oh, he's my fast. gosh. He's fast. No, I've oh, seen people. Oh, he's like a Tyreek Hill. No, 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 no. This is a developmental project. Okay. Yes. Punt returns. The Raiders need a punt returner. Hunter Renfro should not return punts. Kickoff return. Yes. Although he didn't do a lot in college. He's a, basically a slot receiver. So that tells you again about Hunter Renfro. But you look at this kid and I, it, it's almost like an Al Davis pick from the later years where it's just like his blinding speed blinded. Dave Ziegler, so they took him in the third round. I don't, I still don't, and nothing against the kid. I hope he makes the team. I hope he's great. But I don't, I still can't, all these days later, Mo, I still can't understand this pick. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. I want to say this and emphasize because these kids are having the time of their life this weekend going sure. to the NFL. It's one of their best moments in their life. So I'm not going to crush the kid. But if you wanted a good kick punt returner, you can get that in the fifth round. You don't pick <laughs> that player in the third round. When you have big needs, I'm going to say this one more time. You got big needs at linebacker and cornerback, even off the <laughs> offensive line, the interior of the offensive line, and you get a guy who's basically going to be a special teamer, not a, not an immediate impact player. And he's your fourth best slot receiver yes. on the roster right now. You have Jacoby Myers. You have Hunter Renfro. You have DeAndre Carter. Now you have Trey Tucker. So he's your fourth best slot receiver. You draft him, draft him with the 100th pick in the draft. Now I will say <laughs> this pick makes me think that Hunter Renfro is going to be on the move. I'm not saying yeah. that they specifically drafted Trey <laughs> Tucker to replace Hunter Renfro, but what I'm saying is the accumulation of the slot receivers on the Raiders roster right now, and I ran through the names, Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro, DeAndre Carter, and now Trey Tucker, makes me believe that they're going to move their, their most expensive slot receiver and bump up Jacoby Myers, who plays primarily out of the slot. Mm -hmm. DeAndre Carter, who can move on the outside, but he played primarily out of the slot last year with the Chargers. And guess where Trey Tucker lines up, lined up primarily at Cincinnati? In the slot. The writing yes. is on the wall. I think that's the biggest takeaway from this Trey Tucker pick. Not that, oh, he's not going to contribute. It's that Hunter Renfro could possibly be on the move. Now, I will say really quick that the Raiders can save over $11 million if they wait until after June 1st to move Hunter Renfro. Yeah. I believe it's about a little over $7 million if they trade him early. I, we'll see what happens, but I, I think the writing is on the wall for Hunter Renfro. A lot of people have asked me about this. I think there's a 75% chance that 
he is traded if they find a great suitor. Now, I had an yeah. idea, really quick. I had oh, an idea. Oh, oh, what? What? An idea? I, I had an idea. If they're if they're <laughs> out on Hunter Renfro, and they're gonna indeed trade Hunter Renfro. I call the Ravens and say Hunter Renfro for Patrick Queen. Let's make the deal. The Ravens yes. can clear a log jam at the slot receiver position and address the need at the linebacker spot. Yes, this is this is like month two of the Patrick Queen campaign from Mo. <laughs> from, yes, it is. <laughs> you 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 love that guy. I can't argue with it though. Like, I mean, I would love to make fun of you. Like, no, no, but I can't because that if you could get him, absolutely. I mean, look, it, you who you got there? You got some ghosts. You have nobody at linebacker. It, I mean, you gotta do something. So, it, it just makes so much sense. The Ravens yes. acquired Roquan Smith from the Bears last year and signed him to a five-year, hundred million dollar extension. Right. They just drafted Trenton Simpson, who the Raiders should have drafted, by the way. <laughs> they have Trenton Simpson right now, so that tells you that they don't plan on keeping Patrick Queen long-term. They got a rookie in the early rounds, and they got a guy they just paid. So yeah. it makes sense for you to at least place the call and make the inquiry that, hey, we're interested. What would it take to get him on our roster? Because, as you said, who is the surefire lock uh, player that's going to play most of the snaps at linebacker in the Raiders' defense? Got Robert me. Spillane, Divine Diablo, Amari Bernie. Like, I like Amari no. Bernie, but, to, to again, to depend on a six-round pick to be a guy to lead your linebacker room – it's a stretch. Get a starting player there. Fix your defense with that. And I think Patrick Queen would be a, an immediate upgrade. Absolutely. And listen, again, back to Tucker. Just the last thing I'll say, I want, I want to defend him a little bit because he had no quarterback in Cincinnati last year. So when you look at his numbers, <laughs> there was nobody there to throw to him because Ritter had left the year before. <clears throat> and so there was nobody to throw the ball in Cincinnati. So Trey Tucker didn't have it. But again, round three right there, Mo. Still linebackers available. There were still cornerbacks available. You might have gotten two starting cornerbacks and then getting Bennett even in the fourth two, you could have had two starting cornerbacks and instead you got another slot receiver. I think that's where the confusion and, and the difficulty for me to understand is still there. The one quick thing I'll say about Trey Tucker, because I don't want to crush him continuously on the show because he's got enough of that on Twitter. Not his right? problem where he was the, drafted. The, right. It's not his fault. The Raiders drafted right. him. He didn't draft himself. But I will say that the speed that the Raiders have been looking for, Trey Tucker provides that. So yes. if he's able to get on the field and play some offensive snaps at wide receiver, he'll definitely give you the speed that you that you want at that position because Raiders have been trying to find it. They signed uh, uh, Philip Dorsett, who's a former Patriot. <laughs> now, he's up there in age, but in his heyday, he was known as a speed wide receiver. Now, he, yep. again, he's up there in age right now. So I'm not depending on Philip Dorsett to make the roster per se, but if you can get Trey Tucker on that roster, he's going to give you the speed. He's going to give you those gadget plays that you may want out of a Josh McDaniels offense. Absolutely. All right. That's going to close out segment two for Mo and I. Uh, when we come back, we're going to close out. We'll go through some of the other later round picks for the Raiders, and then we'll give you our overall grade for the We got to give you a grade. Everybody, what's your grade? What's your grade? Mm. I'll give it to you. I won't give you my college GPA, but I will give you. <laughs> The grades for the Raiders draft. You're listening to Silver and Black today. He is Mo. I am Scott. We will be back right after these words.